Hello, everybody. This is Sam Carcitti from Philly Hockey Now, and welcome to our Broad Street Bullcast. We have a lot to talk about, so let's get right into it. There, there's a buzz around the city, of course, because the Eagles are about to play their biggest game in the last five years. That's Sunday, of course, against the Kansas City Chiefs. But there's also a buzz, believe it or not, from the hockey fan base. Connor McDavid and the Edmonton Oilers will make their only appearance of the season Thursday night at the Wells Fargo Center. And uh, you don't need me to tell you how dominating Mr. McDavid has been. McDavid is the best player of this generation. He is to the NHL what Gordie Howe was in the 50s and 60s. He's, he's already regarded as an icon like Howe, like Bobby Orr, like Bobby Clark, and Mario Lemieux, Wayne Gretzky, uh, Sidney Crosby, Ovechkin. I could go on and on. Uh, but, uh, you know, you look at his numbers. He's only 26 years old, and uh, he's on pace right now. Uh, he's got 41 goals right now, leads the league in goals, leads the league in points. Incredibly, he already has 93 points. But he's on pace for 66 goals this year. And if that happens, he would have 306 at the end of this season. And uh, as I said, he just turned 26 uh, less than a month ago. So, you know, if you put the numbers together and extrapolate it, uh, you know, he... He has over 300 goals, let's say, at the end of this season. If you just give him 40 goals a year for the next 12 years, he'll be 38. Uh, he's right around 800 goals. And I think that's pretty conservative, giving him 40 goals a year. As I said, he's probably going to score over 60 this year. But, you know, you got to figure there could be an injury here or there. But, uh, you know, the all-time leader right now is Wayne Gretzky with 894 Ovi's got 812. Gordy Howe has 801. So, you know, by the time he's in his late 30s, you know, he, he should be uh, around the 800 mark and, and maybe, maybe more than that. As I said, I think I'm being conservative. So, realistically, yeah, I, I think if McDavid plays into his 40s, I think he's going to have a legitimate chance to be the all time scorer. And uh, he certainly has a great cast with him, uh, including uh, another great, great player in Leon, Leon Drysaddle. Um, and the Oilers come into the Wells Fargo Center Thursday. They're 29-18-4, first wild card in the West. And you say, hey, um, that's not that good. They're only the first wild card. But they're only two points at a first place in the Pacific. And they're the highest scoring team in the league. Their power play is by far the best in the league. They're clicking at almost 32% on the power play, if you can believe that. The Flyers, by comparison, are a little below 16%. So the Edmonton Oilers are, are doubling the Flyers as far as power play success. And as I said, they're the highest scoring team in the league. So there's going to be lots of electricity at the Wells Fargo Center uh, on Thursday night, whenever McDavid comes to town, this is his only trip here. Uh, you know, it just feels like a playoff game. It really feels special, really feels like an event when he plays here. I'm really looking forward to seeing uh, him play. I'm, I'm really also looking forward to seeing how some of the young Flyers who are going to be defending him at times, how they play. 
Guys like Noah Cates, uh, Morgan Frost. Uh, I'm sure we'll see uh, a young veteran like Scotty Lawton on him. Uh, but it's, it's going to be fun to see how, how Cates handles his matchup with uh, McDavid and, uh, and Morgan Frost as well. He might see some time against him. And, uh, but I wrote a story about McDavid and the Flyers' challenge uh, on Philly Hockey Now, so you might want to check that out. And uh, McDavid has a 13-game point streak right now. That's the overall point streak. He also has a 15-game point streak on the road. And, uh, you know, it's uh, it's just an amazing, <laughs> amazing night when you get to watch that much talent, that much speed, and uh, his playmaking ability just uh, leaves you awestruck. He is... Uh, everything that people thought he would be when he was drafted, uh, I guess, about eight years ago now. Uh, the other big story this week uh, was John Tortorella, the Flyers' first-year head coach, uh, the letter he wrote to season ticket holders. He did acknowledge that we're not there yet, and uh, you know he really didn't say a lot of different things than he's told the media all year, but the fact that he acknowledged that this team still has work to do. It's not going to be an overnight success. Basically, what he said was, we're in a rebuild and uh, be patient with us. But he does like, I I think, I think it was uh, interesting that because he doesn't really praise his young players, uh, maybe as much as you would think. But uh, in the letter, he he did say that a lot of the young players uh, he thought were building blocks for the future. He didn't name people, but I, I think you have to say that uh, he was talking about guys like Owen Tippett, Cam York, Noah Cates, and maybe, just maybe, uh, a guy like Morgan Frost, who I think is starting to grow on towards a little bit. He uh, was not happy with him at the beginning of the year, and uh, he said that, And uh, but I think he's starting to grow on him. Uh, but in any event, uh, this Flyers team, despite having a very young lineup, despite missing uh, three players all year that were um, three of their top players, really, Cam Atkinson, of course, Sean Couturier, and Ryan Ellis. Uh, Despite all that, they're only a game below Hockey 500, only six points out of the playoff spot. This team has overachieved. Give this team credit. Um, You know, they've they've done a a very solid job, and, and I'm really encouraged by the young players and what we've seen for them, from them, and um, yeah, I think the future. If they can add a couple free agents uh, down the road and get rid of some salary, uh, this team is on the right path. But they definitely need a score. They definitely need some help on defense. They have uh, uh, a couple weak links on defense right now. But uh, the young guys and Tortorella have this team. I think uh, pointed in the right direction. We're going to be back. Uh, and take some questions from the readers. We had a lot of great ones, but right now we're going to take a quick break and we'll be back with you very shortly. We are back with the question and answer portion of our Flyers podcast. And uh, let's get right to it. Dave Hammonds asks, is Carter Hart going to be considered in trade talks? And uh, he says, I'm old enough to remember the decade long gripes of quote, if only the Flyers could find a goalie, end quote, and also watching Sergei Bobrovsky and the and him giving the fan base ulcers as he wore a different sweater and 
And, uh, of course, Bobrovsky won a couple uh, Vezina trophies, much to the uh, Flyer fans' disdain, and the Flyers gave up uh, too early on him, no question. But, Dave, to answer your question, I think uh, Chuck Fletcher, the Flyers' GM, would be remiss uh, if he didn't listen to offers for Carter Hart. And, uh, you know, you don't want to trade Carter Hart, and I don't think they're going to trade Carter Hart. But I think you do have to listen uh, yo, with everybody in the organization, you do have to listen. If you're overwhelmed, if you're offered a couple first-round picks uh, and a couple of good prospects, uh, I think, you know, you have to seriously consider it. Uh, you know, this team, you know, needs more than, than a, a very good goalie. Um, so you have to listen. I, I don't expect them to be overwhelmed. And uh, I don't think they'll move Carter Hart, and nor do I uh, say they should move Carter Hart. I want to make that clear. And, uh, you know, I, I've, like you, I've lived through all those lean years with the uh, uh, rotating goalies and uh, seven or eight goalies in one season and, uh, and so on and so forth. And, and Carter does give them stability. He hasn't taken it quite to the next level that I think he will. Um, but again, uh, I think Chuck Fletcher has to listen. Um, and if you're overwhelmed by an offer, uh, I think you, you listen hard and, and maybe just maybe you pull the trigger, but good question, Dave. I, I appreciate the question. Uh, uh, Jeff Rabinowitz asks, what are the plans to strengthen the team over the next two years while being right up against the cap, uh, with a mediocre roster? Um, the plan is to add more youth. Uh, the plan is to unload some salaries. Um, you know, JVR will come off the books, whether he's traded or not, uh, after this year. Uh, it would be uh, a big surprise if he was back here next year. And uh, not to uh, uh, belittle what he's done. He's been, he's been a solid player for the Flyers, but I think it's time for them to get younger. And I think you're going to see guys, young guys, like Tyson Forster, Bobby Brink. I think you're going to see them here next year. Maybe Ronnie Attard, uh, especially if uh, Rasmus Ristolainen is traded. I think Sam Erson will be here next year. Uh, he'll probably be the, uh, the favorite to be the backup and maybe push Carter Hart a little bit, assuming Carter's still here, and I think he will be. And uh, But I, I really think the defense is going to be shaken up uh, in the offseason. It's tough to do right now, right at the deadline. So I, you know, right now this defense, um, it, it's like fitting a, a square peg into a round circle. It just, just there's something missing there. The, the pieces just do not fit. And uh, I would say it, um, between Travis Sanheim, Ivan Provorov, Tony D'Angelo, and uh, Rasmus Ristolainen, I wouldn't be surprised if two of those four were traded in the offseason. They, they need a new look on defense. And, uh, yeah, I, I think you're going to see a new, new defense next year. Uh, but, again, it's difficult to make a, a trade uh, right now. The deadline, of course, is March 3rd. And I think you'll see uh, the Flyers be very busy in the offseason. They need to be. Uh, Mike, Mike Lavelta, Lavelta asked, is there a scenario – barring a total tank that the Flyers could add Bedard uh, in the draft. Um, sorry, Mike. Uh, the only scenario 
to me is luck. Um, you know, <laughs> luck and winning the draft lottery, of course. Uh, and it's not impossible. I mean, the Flyers likely will not make the playoffs. They will be in the draft lottery if that's the case. Remember, uh, <laughs> who thought that the Flyers could move up uh, like they did the year they drafted Nolan Patrick? I, I believe they had like a 2% chance to move up to number two, and that's exactly what happened. And, of course, Patrick, no fault of his own, uh, had uh, concussions, had head problems, and that draft, as it turned out, really set the Flyers back. There's no question about it. But uh, to answer your question, Mike, they have a chance to get lucky. It's not impossible. It's happened before. Uh, Of course, they would have to move all the way up to number one, though, to get Bedard. There's no question. He'll be the number one. But, um, you know, don't lose faith because it can happen. Uh, Tom Brown asked, what kind of moves do you think the Flyers should make at the trade deadline? Uh, And what do you think management will do? I touched on that a little bit already. I I think uh, JVR will get traded. And, uh, you know, uh, I would say right now, you know, maybe a team like Minnesota. He now has a home in Minnesota. Maybe a team like Pittsburgh because of Ron Hextall's connection. Uh, you know, they would be two teams right off the top of my head that would be interested in JVR. Uh, Hextall, as I said, drafted JVR. Uh, I'm sorry, Hextall didn't draft him. I, I meant to say he signed him uh, as a free agent. It was probably the... Uh, the biggest splash he had made at that time. And, uh, you know, we've come full circle. If I remember right, it was a five-year deal we gave him uh, at $7 million. And, uh, of course, the deal will end after this season. So, um, but what would I do? I would try to unload salary. Um, and uh, the more salary you can unload, um, you know, the more you can make a pitch for a free agent, you know, Guys are out there. Uh, Pasternak will be a free agent if if he doesn't re-sign with Boston. He might be too expensive. He's having an incredible year. Dylan Larkin will not be as expensive. He's a center, but he's a uh, a darn good one. And the Flyers could really use him. Uh, he'll be a free agent after this year if he does not re-sign. Um, but uh, the, the that's what I would do though. I would I would try to free salary. But again, it's going to be tough uh, to move a guy like Risto, a guy like D'Angelo, uh, a guy like Hayes. It's almost impossible to do because of the cap, and, and teams don't usually have a lot of cap space. They don't have a lot of cap space in season. There's more flexibility in the summer. So, um, you know, I, I, think, uh, I think you'll see some of those guys moved in, in the summer. Um, we have a question from... Flyers fan 39 don't have his uh, real name but Flyers fan 39 says did I miss something or is Sean Couture supposed to return this month well I wrote a story about that maybe maybe you missed it uh, Flyer fan 39 I wrote a story the other day talked to Chuck Fletcher about that Sean Couture is making progress making good progress uh, but they're going to be very cautious with him um, you know he's had two back surgeries and um you know, Fletcher admitted that he would love to see him play this year, uh, but they're not going to rush it. He is skating. He is 
lifting, not not that much. He's doing, he's in the uh, trainer's room, he's in the gym, he's, uh, you know, doing as much as he can right now without overexerting the back. Um, you know, is he going to play this year? That's an unknown, but if he keeps progressing, I think he will. I think it's really important that he plays this year, too. Again, without the risk of injuring. If there's any kind of risk at all, they will not play him. But, uh, um, you know, if there isn't a risk, I think it's important he plays just just so he has confidence that, hey, you know, I'm back. I'll be okay for next year. And uh, we'll see how that plays out. If the Flyers, you know, are miraculously still in the uh, playoff chase, uh, you know, then they might even try to get him in there even a little sooner. But again, it all comes down to his health. But the good news is he's making lots of progress. And uh, hopefully we can we can talk to him one of these days in the near future uh, to see how he's feeling. But uh, tough to come back from two back surgeries. But I think it's, uh, right now, I think it's a little better than 50-50 that we will see him at some point this season. Um, Big Cat asked, do you have a feeling the Flyers will be Big sellers at the deadline. Um, similar question. A- again, I think JVR will go. I think, um, I would say a couple months ago, I-, I thought Justin Braun would go too. And I thought they might be able to get, you know, like a fifth round pick for him. You know, they I believe they got a fourth round or last year for him with the Rangers. But he has not played much at all in the last four or five, six weeks. So uh, I'm not so sure, uh, uh, you know, he's, I'm not so sure a team would take a chance on him, but he's a steady guy and, uh, you know, still a good player. And uh, it, as I said, it's tough to deal a Hayes, a Provy in season because of the cap problems. But, uh, um, you know, I think JVR is a guy, maybe Nick Seal or outside chance. Uh, he's been very steady as well. Um, and Braun, there's an outside chance with him too. But, uh I, I really believe the Flyers will be uh, a big player in the summer and not at the deadline. Nick Richards says, has Chuck Fletcher's inability to accept a full rebuild, spit it out, a full rebuild, set this organization up for future mediocrity? Uh, you could make that claim, Nick, no question about it. Uh, I think Chuck overspent. And uh, on several players, uh, Tony D'Angelo and Ristolainen come to mind. Uh, I think that set back the defense because of their defensive deficiencies. D'Angelo has been a, a very solid offensive player, but uh, he's had defensive problems. Ristolainen has played very well, I'd say, the last three weeks. But before that, he struggled. Um, but the thing is, you know, people you know, say that Chuck really – didn't accept a full rebuild. I, I agree with that, but it is a rebuild. <laughs> he won't call it that, but when you look at what they've done and what guys are playing, guys like Tippett and Frost and Cates and York and Allison and even Sam Erson before he got sent back to the Phantoms, I mean, these are all young guys. Uh, I'm not even including Farabee because he's a young guy too, but he's a young veteran. Uh, but I agree they, they needed to go a step further with the rebuild and, um, you know, and, and I think that uh, that's what I would do next year. You get even more youth. Uh, you know, take your lumps now. Uh, you get a better draft pick. 
but you develop players along the way. And I, I'm pleasantly surprised at these young kids, the Tippets and the Cates and, and on and on and how they developed. Uh, but uh, there's some there's some optimism on this Flyers team. It, it's not all doom and gloom like it was last year, that's for sure. I just I want to thank everybody for uh, the questions. We got some great ones. Uh, sorry I couldn't get to all of them, but thanks for submitting them. I also want to thank uh, my producer, my son, my great son, also named Sam, for putting this together. Enjoy the Connor McDavid Challenge on Thursday, and check out our stories on Philly Hockey Nail. And as the late, great Gene Hart was fond of saying, good night and good hockey.